Welcome to the Leadership Exposé podcast. This podcast is for purpose-driven leaders at diverse levels and organizations around the world who are seeking to scale and transform their leadership to level up their business and to create an impact in the lives of people all around them. Business and boardroom topics, trends, innovation, transformation, and the intersection with leadership is the focus. We enable success. I'm your host, Stephen Paul. In this episode, we meet Sophia Ukor, the founder and CEO of Violet Simon, a media company that amplifies the voices of women from diverse backgrounds using authentic storytelling to explore women's lives, experiences, challenges, accomplishments, and milestones towards leadership and success. The firm strives to push representation and equality inspire others and generate calls to action on key women's issues in all aspects of life. Sophia was also the delegate for the UN Women UK Commission on the Status of Women 2022. We will learn more about Sophia and the work she's doing. Sophia, welcome. How are you doing today? Thank you. I'm fine. Uh, yeah, just trying to get the get the ball rolling, isn't it? Absolutely. And, um, you know, for our viewers uh, and, and listeners, we are in, in the month of December approaching uh, uh, approaching Christmas and the holiday season. So it's it's definitely a very busy period for everyone as they uh, ramp down towards the end of the year, as I'm yes, sure it is for yeah. you. <laughs> Time for festivities, um, meeting up and, you know, just unwinding from the crazy, crazy chaotic year. <laughs> we'll hear more about that one, Sophia. But um, you know, for our audience purposes, uh, tell us where where you based. You know that we're. I mean, we 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 know we're both in in the UK. But I'm just keen to yeah. hear from you. Yes, I'm I'm based in London, London, UK. Wonderful, excellent. Uh, it's lovely, like you know, very vibrant place and lots of lots mm-hmm. of things happening as you as we both know. Yeah, especially um, it's very nice. Um, during I always love London during the um the Christmas and New Year's season. It's always nice. Excellent. So keen to hear about your um, uh, you know, your journey, Sophia. I mean, you've got a. I know we've spoken about uh, about this previously, but uh, really keen to just hear from you through some highlights as to your personal and you know that intersection with that professional leadership leadership journey and how you came about into uh, Violet Simon um yes yeah, so hmm, my journey is it's quite it's, well I started um so I've started writing since I was nine and I think that when people ask me about my journey I always say that a person's journey or what they do some for some for, for me um it's always kind of um, interwoven with um, my own personal experiences and I know that I have always been quite passionate about um amplifying the voices of women or just amplifying listening to people and you know advocating for people and um when I um growing up in an African background, I and you know, I grew up in Nigeria, so that's where I'm from. And I was um I started writing when I was nine years old. Mm-hmm. And I just always loved to tell stories. Writing for me was an escape from all the chaos that I was dealing with at the time. And um and then I wanted to, you know, go to fashion school, but my 
<laughs> I'm smiling with you, Sophia. <laughs> yes, I wanted to go to fashion school. I was, you know, my, my grandmother was a tailor as well, among many other things. And I just thought, you know, I've always loved fashion. Anyone who's who knows me, who's seen me go out, knows that, well, I do like to dress up. And so... <laughs> Um, so it's never really left me, but my, my my for my parents and from their point of view, it was that I had to um have something concrete and um you know fashion is something that I could pursue you know on the side, but I should have something um tangible. So when for example someone says like my brother who loved to draw and it's like okay let him go to art school and it's like well no maybe he can do something else that can like maybe architecture things like that so that's how mm -hmm. it was and so I was well, initially um I had this uncle who was very good at math um who loved um who did who was an accountant and so he always told me that I he used to call me he calls me Victoria that's the name he gave me and then he'd be like Victoria um make sure you're an accountant because you're going to make a lot of money. You would be rich. And so I decided that I wanted to be an accountant and I was failing math so bad. And then I, I, um, I told my parents and my parents said, you know what you need to, you know, you cannot always be, you know, doing saying you want to do this, you want to do that. Um, so I stayed there. And even though I was failing until my teachers came to my rescue and said, this girl is very good with literature. She's very good with, you know, government. She's acing it. I was, like an A student at government and, you know, on all of all the civic studies. Um, and then I, at, at the time, it was only the main courses where that, you know, you were supposed to aspire to was law um, and and um, law, science, accountancy, and all of all that. So I picked law as an art student and that's where I went into. And then, you know, um, from my own personal background, I it never really... Um, the whole idea of, you know, inequality and the expectations of women, you know, was just something that never chimed with me. Um, but of course, when you grew up in that environment where, you know, you see certain things where women are expected to be submissive or expected to take permission from men or women are blamed for being harassed and, you know, abused, um, it, it then becomes something that you kind of, you know, internalize and normalize. And that also breeds a lot of, 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 of stuff. Um, and I know that, when I wanted to look to the media, I mean, you go on the media and you look at the media and you can count how many women are actually in the, in front of the screen. You can count the women's issues, the things that affect women, how many, what, what companies are covering the stories, you know, what stories of these women are being told that there was a lack um, in that aspect. And I know from a young age, even though I didn't um, vocally voice it to my friends or the people around me at the time, I knew that there was this burning ache to always um, be a voice um, for people and also be just that, you know, person who always amplifies, you know, um, voices and even with fashion. Um, so, yes, while I was studying, I, st I have several degrees. So I did study English language and literature. And while I was studying English language and literature, I set, I set up my own fashion company and I was doing that while I was in school and also working as an intern in a media company, a digital media company at the time. And so all of all that kind of gave me a little bit of experience um, and I did that. And so within the space of, I think, eight years so while I was studying English language literature and then I went on to study law, um, I, 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 ran, I, I ran three companies. I ran a fashion company, an interior design company and a public relations company, a PR company. I co-founded that with uh, friends at the time. And um, I think I always say that 
the journey to who I am and, you know, even founding Violet Simon starts with my own personal awakening. Because I think about eight years ago, I moved, over eight years ago, I moved to UK. And in that time, it was kind of like, I came to do a master's degree and it was me also um, starting over again. Like, I'm not starting over again per se, like, oh, I'm leaving and I'm going, but just having like a fresh reset. I put my business, um, I kind of like... um closed up my businesses in um, Nigeria, came to UK to do a master's and in that moment trying to figure out what exactly um, it is that my purpose is basically and just wanting to understand what what what's, what I'm doing and where, where to go from here. And at that time I was like, well, I'm going to maybe practice law. So I have, I'm also a qualified international arbitrator um, and I, um, but I was not happy because law wasn't something that I wanted. I didn't want to practice law. Um, I wanted to do these other things that I'm doing, which is, you know, talk to people, tell stories and, um, and, and, and see how that works. And even when I started Violet Simon as a fashion, um, as a fashion blog, I noticed that every time I was writing a post about a dress, I was always telling a story about that dress, about my experience when I was writing, when I was wearing the dress. And, you know, at the end of the day, storytelling was always wrapped in everything that I did. As a young girl, I would always like, you know, maybe um do movies where I would direct movies um with my siblings of course I would you know tell them okay let's do you know um card action we act we 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 um we we do some drama and I would sit down sometimes with my sister I was, you know be nice she would sit down with me and then I would be the one interviewing her and talking with her um in gibberish <laughs> um, <laughs> and um so I think that when I was when I decided to start taking a step back to really find what really ticks what 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 has always been the constant for me um in everything i see that storytelling and you know um um has always been number one and number and and that has been that drive but now not just storytelling but my passion for women because i have seen how marginalized women are mm-hmm. you know growing up from that background growing up in seeing how women's issues are a woman is being domestically abused but yet it's always the fact that she is the one at fault oh maybe she shouldn't have yelled at the man and that's why the man slapped her like really um yeah. and um so all of all the, and you know and even in today's world the more i began to do my research i realized that even in today's world we see that only 0.5 percent of recorded history is about women's stories we see that um women make up literally 24% or less than 24% of the story, the news, the media and television, um, you know, worldwide, um, only about, we have very, very um, a few number of, of female creators in the, I can't remember the exact percentage in the entire, you know, in the world, basically. Mm-hmm. Um, and so in order for us to really implement change, um, in order for us to really, um, for women to be seen is you know for there to be more equitable representation of women um it starts with storytelling and it's not just storytelling about saying um okay for for props and and wanting to you know um tick a box but there has to be equitable representation you need to ask yourself you know um it's because it's not just about race it's also about class growing up in 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 um it's about classes about you know it's about abilities you know you have disabled people you have people from other communities like the lgbtqia community you have so many um women um from several backgrounds and it's so important that their stories are infused 
into what we hear, what we see, and how we interact, because that would help us in even policy making or how we interact with each other and this, what, what we are able to, the conversations we have, and just in being better human beings, really. Um, yeah. And that's what that has kind of that's kind of been the journey for me. Yeah. Um, and yeah, it's been it's been bittersweet to be honest. But we're here. Yeah, yeah. I, I was listening with uh, with interest, and I was. Um counting the, the the different domains here so fashion yeah. <laughs> media law public yeah. relations you're a true entrepreneur and a business leader uh, but you know you bring that added side of storytelling and especially from uh from a women's perspective as well yeah and um you know it's 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 quite a, quite an interesting turn of of a business leader that you have created here so i'm keen to just build on that mm -hmm. and you you are the founder and owner of um uh violet simon and yeah. you, you you talked about uh you know some of the women's issues here and you know you talked about equality and so forth just keen to explore how, you know how you've built that through and what are the biggest challenges that you are still experiencing because you you know you you you've created this medium um and you're a you're a voice in in your in your own right and for the for the women as well um and for the for the audience groups mm -hmm. tell us a little bit more about violet simon and and um uh, you know some of the current challenges that you still are experiencing i think that one of the most understated challenges people don't talk about enough and I think it needs to be talked about is the challenges of a migrant person especially when you if in, in the context of business a migrant entrepreneur now I didn't grow up in UK um I did my master's in UK but I didn't ideally I didn't school per se in UK master's is probably just a year so um and the system is different. The people, especially in UK, UK is very different. It's difficult. It, the culture of UK makes it very difficult for people to integrate because there's this very uptight, conservative way of, you know, going about things and, you know, very isolating. So there is a challenge there. And when it comes to business and trying to run a company and, um, and, a, and a business, um, you need network. You need people who can go out of their way to support you. And that's something that I've seen that is very lacking in UK. Um, and that has been one of the struggles that I've had. I've, I've, I've worked hard to you know, create a network um, and and it's been very hard. And, and, and it's been hard, especially because, um, well, my, when I, in 2018, I got pregnant, right? And um, my pregnancy was very, um tumultuous it was horrible mm -hmm. and I was sick literally I was pretty much practically in the hospital almost throughout the pregnancy and I and that 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 affected my health even postpartum so for three years I struggled with my health my health was just not I was always going for tests and scans to rule out one thing or the other and I wasn't just I couldn't just I wasn't back on my feet till um this year basically um late last year yeah. and then that's when I relaunched Violet Simon. So within that space, so everything I had, I tried to build that community and work 
up until 2018. And then it just, everything just went. And one of the shocking things that I realized was how isolating it was because no one cared about what was going on, even though I said, this is something that was happening to me at that period. So it just became me, myself, you know, of course, my husband, who's been great, um, and my 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 um my 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 siblings and my, my parents, um, doing for me at um, at that at that time. And now that I've come back and I'm relaunching Violet Time, and I have also launched a magazine book series, it's still that struggle of, you know, trying to make your mark, and also the lip service as well, because mm-hmm. a lot of people. Um, it's very easy for people to make promises or say you're doing something great to your face and oh we want to you know do stuff with you and then uh, later on it becomes a situation where um no one is quite keen or interested in doing that and I have actually been forced to think and um and I'm not one who likes to you know bring up the race card or talk about or oh, maybe it's because I'm black or anything but sometimes I have had to um and force myself to think and reassess the situation and think would things have been a little bit different for me if maybe I was um I was not black yeah. um and I remember I did have a conversation with somebody when I was saying I need help with this and they were like well it's going to be very difficult for people to help you because one you are as black you are really you're black so it is it's so that's kind of one of the the challenges but for me again I didn't grow up in UK I grew up in Nigeria and come what me, my mentality is I don't care about what anybody's thinking about my skin color. I'm just going to, you know, forge ahead and keep doing it because it's hard, but I will keep doing it. And I think the other challenge, again, just that I didn't grow up here. So I, I keep working hard to build that community, to build that network, to prove myself so people can, you know, find me um, trustworthy. And of course, funding as well. And funding comes in different ways. It comes with collaborations with other companies and organizations. It comes through, you know, people actually making purchases. It comes through investors also investing in this. Yeah. And and funding is a huge, huge, huge problem, um, which we used to work in to grow and you know and 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 get but it's been one of those challenges again and and there are times like obviously in the morning that 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 there are days that I don't even feel like you know just going on like just packing everything up and just saying you know what to hell with everything um but again that's the thing with when you're very passionate about something no matter how many times you want to quit you just can't find you can't you can't quit mm-hmm. um and that's kind of been the I would say those challenges with the networking, the the, the opportunities, and you know, funding. Yeah, yeah. and and um, you know, very 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 important, uh, very important aspects, Sophia. When we look at um, companies, I mean, most people work in companies. They're business leaders. They're entrepreneurs. Uh, you know, there are women out there who are you know trying to make uh, a, a difference as well. Mm-hmm. Um, but when we look at this whole ecosystem of whether they're in companies or whether they are individuals or, you know, what, what kind of conversations, let's say in the, in the scenario of, let's say companies, uh, what, what kind of conversations do you think companies need to be having at, um, you know, leadership level, management level, board level, what do they need to prepare for? Um, you know, you mentioned about, um, you know, migrant workers, you meant, you, you, you know, you, you're in the, you know, you, you're in the midst of, doing a lot of good work around women's issues and so forth. But um, tell us a little bit more about what companies and management teams can actually take ownership of and execute to make a difference. Well, I think it depends. Are we talking in terms of 
supporting entrepreneurs or supporting people in general because I think there's a I mean there um yeah so I'll have to ask you like in what context is it in in terms of like entrepreneurship or in terms of just supporting you know leaders supporting their 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 team so it's actually it's 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 twofold it is actually mm-hmm. leaders supporting their workforce number mm-hmm. one and number two entrepreneurs who might be women as well okay um yeah i think that um the first thing that's that a, a leader is someone who is ready to listen you know you cannot be a leader what what are you leading if you're not able to listen to the people who you know who make up you know who you're leading basically um and i think that's one of that's been one of the problems because sometimes you know we have it in you know in workforces in you know i'll start with workforces for example and sometimes some of the leaders um probably cannot relate to some of the experiences that people have. It's just when we're talking about women's health, for example, menopause, endometriosis, um, issues that affect women, sexual harassment, all of all that. And there is a, there's, there is a, um, uh, I mean, there was a, a research the other time about 80% of women in the workplace who have, have faced sexual harassment, but they don't talk about it. They just don't say anything. So I think the conversation is, first of all, is your, as a leader, are you creating a safe space for your team? Because it's so important um, to create a safe space where people are able to talk about the things that need to be talked about and addressed. And when and and that shows and it's not about beating people up when they're actually trying to express themselves to say this is something that needs to be addressed and then also having conversations with people who are dealing with this thing so you want to make a, a work space more inclusive and understand how you can better support maybe your female workers are you listening to your, your female workers are you actually asking them questions about how they think what they think and policies that need to be put in place to better make them, you know, um, to make your workspace a, a better place to support them. Um, and I think it's very, very important to have those conversations and they're not just listening, but seeing how you can implement them. And even in implementing these decisions, leaders should also involve the people who are directly, who would be directly impact, impacted with these decisions. So you want to implement things that support women, right? you need to involve women who are actually dealing with it not just oh she's a woman and then i'm going to involve her you need to have an inclusive and equitable thing oh this is women from different backgrounds or women this is a woman who's a mother for example or this is a woman who is um who has an illness for example or who has a a health issue or a mental health issue or um you know or is going through menopause you go through or or disabled woman or a woman from a different you know community or other communities involve them in those decisions because if you're not involving them if you're just listening and then you want to go ahead and make a decision or a policy or creating a workspace but they are not also involved in that decision making and it's going to be futile because you're going to be creating a decision you think you're helping everybody but then there may be things that they would think to say okay maybe let's do it this way instead from my own you know you know from my own point of view from our point of view we know that this would make it work better that is how you can be i think an effective leader um leading by example and also encouraging other leaders within those communities to also um um be more um engaging and 
not dismissive of people when you see something that's not right you call it out you don't sweep it under the carpet um i think even in terms of even entrepreneurs and supporting women it's, it goes down it's, it's all it's all down to the same thing um nowadays you know you have people in, talking a lot more about things that need to be done more um inclusive entrepreneurship how you know funding is to you know there needs to be more funding for women and all of all that but there's other factors to that um what are some of the the things that would make um women not be able to assess funds um and even when they assess funds what are the other supports that they would need um we're talking about women from different backgrounds for example for if you're given a woman who just moved into uk with no network 100k how is she going to be able to utilize that 100k without an um um support without 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 our network you know so those are things that People, and you would you cannot know these things if you're not having the conversation with the di directly with the people with the lived experiences, and I think it's just so important. It starts, and that's why it starts. So you don't necessarily have to. I mean, because we do have leaders, to, and I think it's also important to also in leadership include people who also understand how these things work. Because yeah. I have, I feel like leadership is twofold. You don't necessarily have to have experienced like have direct lived experience in order to empathize with people and, you know, be an effective leader in the decisions that you make for your team. Yeah. That's one thing. And then another thing also is, you know, when you're a leader as well, and then you look around you and you see that everyone around you is are people from just exactly the same background as you are, then maybe it's time to make a change, a shuffle and include people who don't have the same background as you were as well. Yeah, yeah. Because no, yeah, I think and I think that's so important when we're talking about leadership, especially for and it just it's it just all encompassing in everything we think about, whether whether it's in the workforce or whether it's in entrepreneurship. Yeah, wonderful. Sophia, we're coming to a close very shortly. We're keen to hear, you know, your closing messages, but also um, as part of that, tell us your, uh, you know, you know, we're approaching the end of the year, you know, 2023 is coming, uh, coming, coming about very, very soon. Uh, what are your milestones from a violet time in perspective and from your perspective as well? Mm, I would say the a milestone is actually like launching we're launching, um, relaunching Violet Tamil and then launching our magazine book series Disruptors, you know, doing what we've done. We've done with um tomorrow we're gonna we're gonna make it three events we've done this year. We have we've been featured in several publications, I've appeared on BBC TV, radio, um I've we our audience which has spanned, you know across all our platforms to thousands, you know, like about 40 to 50,000. Um, I've met incredible, incredible women as well. Incredible people have made good connections and I, I'm very positive and optimistic about next year. Um, so I think just being able to do what I'm doing um, in spite of what has, you know, all the challenges and um, being in good health, I think is, uh, which is something that I struggled with for, or I've struggled with for, the past few years is a huge milestone for me and i'm just so grateful wonderful uh sophia thank you so much for uh, for your time and for sharing with us your journey your insights uh we appreciate you for that thank you thank you so much for having me steven <laughs> all right wonderful thank you very much folks for uh for listening in and stay tuned for our next episode on entrepreneurship 
um, and we'll uh, we'll talk a little bit more about that one. Stay tuned. Hey, I hope you enjoy the podcast. Don't forget to subscribe to the channel. You're now seeing this part of the video also because you consume some of my content, insights and teachings. Maybe you've been to my LinkedIn page or website or seen other social media ads or listened to my podcast. I'm Stephen Paul, a business and transformational executive coach, strategic advisor, leader and board member. I've been in diverse roles, corporate executive, entrepreneur, and worked with businesses and firms of all sizes, built and launched businesses, created high impact boards and so forth in four continents. I get it. I've been there, done that. But what is different is I bring a unique perspective and a playbook. I've helped 100 plus business leaders just like you to scale and align their leadership top teams, the board and overall business for growth. Leaders like Ivana from medium-sized company in the EU who grew 150% and expanded globally in under five months. After she started to work with me over facilitated sessions in an initial three days, I helped fine-tune their strategy and align their leadership team and board to be a cohesive driving force to achieve their dreams and outcomes. I want to teach you the same thing and more on how to scale and align your leadership team and board so you can increase your business growth and value. Get clarity on what is the next right strategy for you. There are multiple ways we can work with you. Number one, click the link for a free non-obligatory 60-minute initial strategic session. Let's get a feel for your dreams, your vision, your challenges, and let me convert that into a route map for you where we can co-develop and co-pilot. Number two, enroll in an innovative and intuitive digital online course that I have curated, created to help you transform. It's called Unshakable Resilience. It is the ultimate program for individuals and business leaders like you who want to be equipped at a personal and professional level to respond to any form of challenges or in crisis situations and take on opportunities with grit, resilience, and build a mindset of success. In essence, you want to be unshakable, thrive in crisis, take on opportunities in the face of adversity, and build a success mindset. So click the link below to learn more on how I can personally help you individually and your firm to scale and align your leadership team and business and pivot in a transformational way. And for you to experience this, whatever the challenge you're facing, get in touch with me. Let's discuss and I will share my insight rapidly to enable your transformation. Click the links below.